And we are now in our, what, our eighth, ninth one or eighth one? And we have three to go. Three to go out of the 12 prophets. Minor prophets. Now, we've discovered that in these prophecies, the 12 minor prophets, which, by the way, are called minor prophets, not because they were little people, but because their, their prophecies were short in documents. They were short. Now, these 12 prophets, we also have found out that they display what God is about and who God is. In the first four, we found out about God's amazing sovereignty. We discovered the amazing faithfulness of God in Hosea. We discovered the amazing sovereignty of God in Amos. And we continue to discover those main themes throughout those prophets. Now, the challenging part of any preacher, and I have here a good colleague of mine, Julie Jensen, is make sure Julie's here with us. Uh, she's an ordained minister of the PCUSA, member of our presbytery. And, 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 and Julie, uh, guess what? They all say the same thing. For 12 weeks, they all say the same thing. The unique aspect of it is that they actually say the same thing to, through a period of 350 years. So they're not speaking to the same people in Judah or to the same people in Israel, the northern kingdom, but they're actually speaking to different generations the same message. So in God, in God's amazing mercy, actually takes a long time to carry out God's own judgment because as we saw the amazing theme, a theme that woes through almost all of them, actually I believe all of them say, the Lord is slow to anger and great in mercy of everlasting love. That theme we find woven throughout the entire 12 prophets. We also find the idea that um, the Lord God Almighty is holy and just. We find the idea that God does abhor sin, that God hates rebelliousness, that God hates opposition to God's own will. We found out that God's holiness was actually at play and that God, the worship, the holy worship of God was done in vain, very superficial and in significant manners. When I came to this congregation two and a half years ago, which is the age of the same congregation that I'm at, uh, we, we used to do the, the prayer of confession. And, and I like it, but I started to add the pause in it. And if some of you remember, the first times we, we, we read that prayer of confession, uh, there was the pause, and it says like it says today, pauses are given for reflection on what you just said, something like that. We, Lord, we thank you, and we ask forgiveness for, for, for our wandering away from you. Pause. And everybody would read, pause. Gotcha. Vain worship. Just reading for the sake of reading without thinking, without reflecting, without taking it inward to see how it fits within our spirit and soul. And that was happening in those days. Idolatry was another big issue that the Lord had throughout all the 12 prophets. Idolatry was big. Oh, they were a lot of Baal gods. Today, I don't think we have Baal gods, but we, we also burn, burn incense and burn meats outside our great stadiums. Yesterday was, well, what happened to Georgia Tech? What happened to Georgia? But Kennesaw made it. Hey, well, Kennesaw did. Come on, it's a new one. <laughs> in the block, you see? But we may have idols that we worship. We may even worship our need. 
Some of us are in such great need in, in seeking a job that we even worship, and that has become our idol. And we have substituted our devotion. We have substituted our time. We have substituted our passion and our affection towards things that are temporary and not eternal like our God. So throughout this period, they, they are facing those confrontations. God is confronting them with their sin, but at the same time, God is sharing God's own mercy. You see, in, in, in Amos, we discovered the amazing text that later on in Timothy, Paul reminds us, God remains faithful in spite of our unfaithfulness because God cannot deny God's self. So it is an intrinsic attribute of God. It is who God is. God is faithful. So here we read in, 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 uh, in Zephaniah, the story is not different. The story is not different. Even though it's closer to the days in which Babylon is going to come and take over, even though the northern kingdom had already been taken by Assyria, even though at the doorsteps of the borders is Babylon knocking and the horses are right there ready to go in those chariots, just holding on to the, for the call. The Lord is confronting Judah with her sin of idolatry, their sin of opposition, their sin of vain worship. And for 350 years, the 12 prophets proclaimed, turn around, there's redemption, there's a chance to all those generations. Guess what they did? They never responded to God. They never responded to God. And the punishment came upon them. And they were enslaved. They were impending. Oh, they were taken in. But as they are taken into Babylon, we now begin the period where Daniel begins to prophesy the wonders of a, of a kingdom that is everlasting. We also begin to hear the words of Ezekiel. Can these bones live again? And we've heard that, that message not long ago. We also come into the era of Jeremiah where the covenant is redrawn and it's explained again. And I will change your heart of stone and place a heart of flesh sensitive to my word. That's the period in which they are in. But they never listen to the word of the Lord. Listen now to the word of the Lord as God decides to shift his judgment, to shift his punishment into what we know today as grace. Sing, daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your hearts, daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear Zion. Do not let your hands hang limb. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, in his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice 
over you with singing. Can you imagine that? God rejoicing over us with singing. God dancing the dance of redemption over God's own people with singing and joy. He has turned it around. And now look at the litany of I wills. Because God doesn't only say it, but God promises that God will do something. Look at this litany. I will remove from you all who mourn over the loss of your appointed festivals. And I will deal with all those who oppress you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honor. I will gather you together. I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise. Twice it says it. Anointing all the peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortunes before every eye, says the Lord. The question is not whether these blessings are for Israel or not. The question is, are you ready to accept such a blessing in your life? Last week we heard that in order for us to move forward, we needed to embrace a big faith. And some of us have embraced that big faith. This morning I'm challenging you. Are you ready to accept that big blessing? Can you accept it? Can you open your arms and embrace it? And in embracing that big blessing, we need to prepare for it. It just doesn't come and it happens. We prepare for it and we move accordingly. See, in verses 14 and 16, God is taking care of the bill. God has paid it all through Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ was all the sin of every one of us. So when we read this text about condemnation, we're reading them in the eyes. We're reading them under the veil. We're reading them under the covering of Jesus Christ as we have already been forgiven, as all those sins have already been paid for. In verses 17, we read the famous litany. I will remove. I will restore. I will bring together. I will gather. I will bring more fortune. Can we accept the promise? Can we get ready for these promises? Can we make it happen? And the question is, you see, God has not gotten tired of doing good to us in spite of our unfaithfulness. God has not gotten tired of being a good God to you and I in spite of our unfaithfulness. God has not and will not go back on God's own promises as God has promised you and I an eternal life beginning right here, right now. Eternal healing beginning right here, right now. Eternal restoration beginning right here, right now. That's kingdom living. So then, let us not then get tired of doing good in our community. God has begun with us. Two and a half years, we're supposed to see amazing success in five years. I'll hang around, will you? Let's not grow weary then. Let's not grow tired as Paul encourages the Galatians in chapter 6. Let's not grow weary of doing good to one another. For the God who has promised goodness has delivered goodness to each one of us so that we ourselves can continue and deliver goodness to others. Is that okay? Can we do that? Amen.